Unlock a new era in podcasting with Unfiltered Studios. Ready to break free from the ordinary? Dive into a world where authenticity meets innovation. Our network isn't just about podcasts. It's a revolution. From nostalgia to movies, sports to self-improvement, find your favorite podcast in an array of diverse shows. Only at Unfiltered Studios. Join the movement. Subscribe to Unfiltered Studios today and join the podcasting revolution. Unfiltered Studios, where every voice finds its place. Visit unfpod.com today to find your favorite show. Unfiltered Studios. We'll help you press record. Have you ever come across an odd myth, strange story, weird history, or something that just made you scratch your head and say to yourself, you know, I'd love to know a little bit more about that. Well, you're in luck, and you're in the right place listening to the right podcast, because this is the story of... Welcome back to the next episode of the Story of Podcast, where each week we choose a historical topic, we research it independently, we share nothing with each other, we meet back up to discuss what we have found, and that is the episode that you are listening to now. I'm Smith. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. And we have an amazing special guest back with us for the second time, second time, the one and only... Mr. Beat. Mr. Beat, what's going on, buddy? I'm glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. I must have did okay the first time. Yeah, I can't believe you said yes to the second time. I was like, oh my god, he said yes. <laughs> oh, this is fun. So, yeah, we had a good time. The Philippine-American War is honestly one of my favorite episodes. That one was great. And, um, you know, I got to teach that lesson, actually, not too long after we did the episode, so it certainly helped out. Mm. So, it's good timing. Good timing. And, um, so, real quick, uh, Please, Mr. Beat, tell everybody about yourself, about uh, your channels, what you do. You are a, a newly published author, so please, you know, Ooh, drop congrats. all that stuff. Uh, promote yourself, please. Go ahead. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, I just I released a book a few months ago. Uh, I wrote a book about um, the Supreme Court, which we're going to be talking about here shortly. And I cover 100 of the most important Supreme Court cases in American history at least in my opinion, uh, cases that really dramatically changed the direction of the country. And uh, some of them you may not even know about, actually. They're not just like, you know, the typical ones we hear about, like <laughs> Brown versus Board of Education or Dred Scott or whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, like, and I, I do have a Supreme Court series called Supreme Court Briefs. That, uh... There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah, I say it like that. I'm weird. Uh, so yeah, I, oh, I love it. Supreme Court. I'm really into. I, I'm one of those uh, dudes who like. I'm constantly um, checking out the oral arguments of those nine old people that sit on the bench in Washington D.C. And you know, there's every year there's some big cases that really affect us all. It's kind of crazy how much power they have these days. Yeah. 
favorite. Yeah, and there's uh, there's definitely, uh, I imagine, uh, well, I mean, they've got their work cut out for them coming up with uh, Trump and, uh, you know, the, the, the whole uh, coup case and all that stuff and presidential immunity. I mean, that's going to be an interesting one. So, you know, definitely to your seats. I recently was deep diving on the uh, Supreme Court briefs as the as the non-history teacher of the group here. Um, I knew about them nice. from our last episode talking to you, and I watched one and then led to another one and then another one. And I, I probably went on for about an hour and a half just going through ones I've heard of, ones I didn't hear of, and anybody out there who has not seen them, they are very, very good. They're short. They're animated somewhat. They're interesting. They're insightful. I love them. Good job, man. Good job. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. The, no. I always tell people it's like translating a language legalese, you know, because you read the actual <laughs> cases and like all these really, you know, ridiculous words that these lawyers say, you know, and uh, I just try to make it, you know, so accessible. So all of us can understand what these cases are about, which really the cases are fascinating because you realize it's just a lot of times ordinary people going through through stuff that affects all of us. So. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> Very yeah, good. Absolutely. And, you know, I always tell my students, it's not always what we've got to talk about and think about is not just the decision, but the precedence and the doors that it opens up, right, for the rest of us in the future, right, and prosperity. Uh, and that's that's always the thing, because it's like, what's the slippery slope that we're going to get on with this next ruling, you know? And obviously, right, uh, over the past couple of years, Roe v. Wade, Dobbs Jackson, like the, all that stuff, that's that's opened up quite a bit of a door, you know, and, and, um, you know, agree with it or not. It, it has, um, it has certainly revitalized the public to get out there and to begin voting on stuff again, which is good. So let's get people out there yeah. and, you know, the more people we can get to the polls is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, and so that's a plus, you know? And so I recently purchased, um, your book, Mr. Beat, and, uh, it's awesome. I love it. I have it in my classroom. Um, I have it on audio and I bought the paper copy and, um, Wow. If you Nerd. like Supreme Court stuff, yes. <laughs> it, it, look at my shirt. I, I wore my I love social study shirt to work today. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yeah, there's there's another podcast that we're uh we're in the um the the unfiltered uh studios network now. That's our network that we are on our podcast. And uh there's another one that's with us called the Geeky Dads Podcast. And they're like, yo, we're looking for geeky dads, and I'm like, yo, that's our show. That's like everybody here. That's, I literally wore an I love social study shirt today. <laughs> so if you haven't checked out the Geeky Pods uh, uh Geeky Dads podcast, please do so. But um my favorite part of your book is the fact that each case is two pages long. You break it down <laughs> in two pages, and you've got the important questions. And you 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 have written it in normal layman English that everybody uh, can understand. Um, I'm teaching AP Gov uh, this semester, and that book I'm it's going to be invaluable. Absolutely amazing job. So thank you. Just from one social studies teacher to another one, you have really helped out my classroom. So I, I do appreciate that very much. Um, so good stuff, man. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with your your students. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, it's uh, it's awesome. All right, so our topic for tonight is weird court cases. Now, we uh, we have the option of going all the way up to the Supreme Court, the highest court in the land, or we could have gone down. So wherever you wanted to go, wherever our interest took us, like I said in the beginning, uh, opening uh, portion of the show, we don't share any of the information that we are going to talk about on the show. We, we just we throw it all out on the table here, and we see where it goes. And uh, we drew straws, and Mr. Beat, 
uh, got the beginning straw. So uh, first uh, story of the night, Matt, it's yours, buddy. Take it away. Yeah, so I actually have two Supreme Court cases. I'll do one now and one at the end, as you right. Yeah. And uh, they, they're both cases that are not in my uh, book. However, I did make a video about one of them. The other one I've been wanting to make a video about, <clears throat> but they are just, yeah, they're weird. They're just weird, man. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the first case is a video. Actually, I did make a video about this one years ago. It's a case called Nix v. Hedden. So the, there's a guy named John Nix who was a... Basically, seller of produce, vegetables in New York City in uh, the late 1800s. <clears throat> and Congress uh, passed a tariff, which, you know, in the late 1800s, tariffs were like, that was the big political issue. You know, they were all like presidents ran on tariffs. Like, I'm going to lower the tariff. <laughs> or I'm, I'm going to raise the tariff. Uh, but anyway, they passed a law that said there's going to be a higher tariff on imported vegetables because they wanted to support you know, locally grown. And uh, Nix, you know, he, uh, this meant that he would have to, basically meant that he would have to pay more taxes. And so uh, to get around it, he was like, well, well, I, I sell a lot of tomatoes, but, but that's not a, that's not a vegetable. That's a fruit, <laughs> buddy. It's a fruit. Yeah. And so, yeah, vegetables. <laughs> so uh, he was like, the tomatoes should not be, should not be taxed. And so it got taxed anyway. And so uh, Nix sued the government, basically, uh, who was represented by the collector of the Port of New York, the local government, whose name was Edward Hedden. And uh, now, do you guys, can you tell me, is to, are tomatoes a fruit or vegetable? Can you tell the me that right now? question, wow. <laughs> I think it's a I fruit. believe it's a vegetable. I think uh -oh. fruit. Uh-oh, we're split here. Technically... Yeah, if you if you look at you know if we're st scientifically speaking, uh, tomatoes are fruits. Um, I disagree. So so if you're eating I mean, spaghetti, we're having we're having fruit salad technically. Fruit if salad. we're eating spaghetti, oh. technically yes, it's it's a weird thing. I know, <laughs> right? It's like it doesn't. It's hard for me to accept that fact as well. Italians but... are not going to be happy about that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, but no, yeah, the reason why this case is so uh, crazy is because that was the debate that uh, judges had is like, is this thing a fruit or vegetable? And it really divided a lot of people like they were. And so literally Nick's uh, and his lawyers at the trial, they had dictionaries out defining uh, what a fruit was and a vegetable was and a tomato was. <laughs> and, and they even had witnesses take the stand saying, uh, no, this is. This is the true definition of uh, a fruit or no. a vegetable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's uh, I love it. and the Supreme Court, you know, surprisingly took up this case because I, I think they realized, well, this could have big uh, economic implications yeah. here. There's definitely you know, an economic wanna... impact for sure. And also, like you know, the meaning of words, I think, is. I mean, we we hear a lot of people today debate about things when really a lot of times they're just debating uh, different definitions like uh, for example socialism is a word that many people have different definitions of and so you you have two sides yelling past each other because they're not even on the same page with the definition and so that this is an example like we, we probably better nip this in the bud so the supreme court um they were like okay sure scientifically speaking a tomato was a fruit however justice horace gray uh said hey you know um 
when words have acquired no special meaning in trade or commerce, we, we have to just apply the ordinary meaning. And the fact was, at the time, and still today, as we've already kind of seen here with you guys, um, a lot of people believed that tomatoes were vegetables. And so you couldn't, so throw the dictionaries out. So it's basically, it's like, eh, you don't have to, <laughs> I mean, it's really about what the majority of people believe something is, even if it's like mm. technically not scientifically correct. And so um, the, the court ruled in favor of Hedden and uh, the tomatoes were taxed. <laughs> Sad news for, for Nick's, but yeah, because they... <laughs> Because most people believed that tomatoes were vegetables. <laughs> wow. So that is interesting. With that reasoning, then Joe Camp, I have to say, then uh, it is proven that aliens are real. Uh, oh, so because, because uh, most people believe there it. There we go. So, there, there it is. And Bigfoot yeah, exists. So there, there we go. I can, I can use Supreme Court precedent to prove my point now. There we go. I win. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Got a point. That isn't. That's an absolutely absurd case, though. Like, was it a slow year for the Supreme Court? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they just, you know, like, and I get you're right. Like, they have the economic effects for sure. Um, and especially when it comes to, and like you brought up, too, tariffs in that time period. I mean, that's certainly, you know, a lot going on with North and South and sectionalism and all that stuff. And, you know, and, and it's that's that's quite a, you know, that's definitely a precedent to set. But, boy, like, they mm -hmm. had nothing better to do. It's that's I think three years before Plessy v. Ferguson. So maybe after that, they're like, maybe we, we should take on more serious issues now. <laughs> this is the bar now. <laughs> yeah, yes. they, they all got out. They're like, what, what, did, what did we do that? <laughs> that is, that tomatoes, is an awesome case. Tomatoes to Jim Crow laws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Within, the, I guess, right? Most likely the same, uh, the same justices there, too, right? That, that would make sense. They're all, you know, yeah, mm -hmm. there you go. And so there you have it. Um, I do like the idea. I mean, that's an interesting concept that you can essentially throw out a definition of something if everybody else believes something else. It's just a weird concept. You know, it's a it's mm -hmm. an interesting debate to have. Okay. Good job, Mr. Beat. Awesome. Very nice. All right. Bravo. Joey Camp, you're up, sir. All right. Well, I didn't I didn't go Supreme Court. I went a little more uh, <laughs> off the beaten path, I think. But these are funny. I think you'll it's like all right. these. These are real court cases. These are real, real things that happened. Um, 2017, a man named Brandon Vesmar goes on a, a date with a woman. He takes her to the movies. And um, they go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, if you're interested. During the movie, she is texting on her cell phone. So he leans over and he's like, hey, you know, that's kind of distracting. Could you stop texting, please? And she's like, oh, I'm texting my friend. My friend's going through a hard time with her boyfriend right now. So she keeps texting and he keeps getting annoyed. And he says, like, listen, can you like, can you go outside? Because it's really distracting me. We're, you know, I'm trying to watch this movie and, and you're texting. Can you just go outside? <laughs> so she's like, OK. Awkward date. <laughs> first date, by the way. First date. So she That's amazing. She goes outside and she leaves. She She's like, you know, the hell with this guy. And she, she leaves the date. He... Uh, you know, he tried to call her. He texted her. He's like, "Hey, well, you know, that was that was really rude of you," and no response. She's she's totally trying to ghost him. So he comes at her with a text, and he says, um, "Your behavior is a threat to civilized society," and 
I want my money back for the movie ticket and the dinner that I bought you. <laughs> or else I'm taking you to small claims court. So she blows him off, of course, and she's like, yeah, whatever. And he takes her to small claims court. And it, it becomes <laughs> it becomes an actual case. And before it even like went to, to court to trial, um, a local news station got a hold of it and and brought the two of them together at the movie theater, like <laughs> confrontation style. And wow. and she was just like, This is ridiculous. Like, here's the you know, here's the money. Just <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> And he's like, all right, no problem. He got his money. He got $17 and he dropped the case <laughs> and he was satisfied and happy. And wait, wait, $17. Wow. Wait, yeah. On. Right. $17 for dinner, for and dinner a and a movie. Where do they go? McDonald's? I think he took her to like pizza, like get a slice of pizza first or something, but even the movies, $17, like yeah, crazy. Yeah. But wow. he, he, he dropped the case. He said, thank you. That's all I wanted. And, you know, I'm done. I'm not going to pursue this anymore. And that was it. That was the end of the case. So he actually sued so, a date because it was a bad first date. <laughs> can you repeat? What was the line that he said? Your your behavior was a threat to civilized society. Yes. Is that, 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 that was his that was his um, his reasoning for the lawsuit. It was a, she was a threat to civilized society. So can we sue people that don't bring their shopping carts back in the parking lot as well? Right? Because if you can't bring a shopping cart back, right? That's the shopping cart theory. Excuse me. If you can't bring a shopping cart back, right, and, and place it correctly in a parking lot, right, that is like the ultimate sign of we are not a civilized society. But Smith, so, you know what's funny? You and I, um, we both worked at King Cullen, and I I was put on cart duty many times. Of course. And every time I go somewhere now, I always, 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 if it, it could be pouring rain, I will still bring my cart back to the 100%. little thing or whatever. Yes. Always. Yes. All right. That it, look, If we can't do that, we are doomed as a society. We we just, I mean, I don't, you know, like if we can't return a, a cart, oh my Lord, we're, we're in trouble. Like my, I, my son, like he's three and he is trained, like you bring the carts back, right? This, you just, you do this because society depends on us, right? It will all collapse. <laughs> We don't. Um, the anarchy. I'm, the, yes, it, cats and dogs. <laughs> Get along. It'll be anarchy. But like, so I'm guessing no second date, right? I Is don't that, think so. They... Yeah, I don't think it worked out. It was it was not a love connection. I'm just wondering what what did this guy do for a living that he was able to say well, I'm going to sue you over seventeen? Yeah, that doesn't that didn't come up. <laughs> That's a good question. I wonder. I mean, It'd be funny if, like, he was like a law student and he realized that, like, he can actually take her to court and be like, "I'm going to fight you on well, this, and I'm going to win." I mean, technically, you can sue anybody for anything, right? It just depends on on the case being thrown out or not, or a lawyer taking the case, right? I could sue you for for looking like you, Joe. Like, I could sue you for your face. Thank you. Um, but you know, like, it, you know, <laughs> not saying I would, but you know, like, it, it's it depends. You know, it would get thrown out uh, for absurdity. But yeah, like this dude. Wow, he must have been really angry. <laughs> like, that's yeah. that's some yeah. serious, you know. Like in one but, sense, I almost I mean, support him, but in another sense, I'm kind of like, come on, you know. Like it's kind of cool that he did yeah. that, but come on. <laughs> Imagine if that was like a standard. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Imagine if that was it. Like if you had a bad date, like you know what? You I'm gonna want the him. money back. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna sue you for that. <laughs> 
I'd say that's fair. If you go out on a date with somebody and it's just awful and you paid for their ticket, should you be, you know, entitled to your money back? Is that, is that fair? Right? I guess, it's I mean, yeah, but I, I guess, I don't know, man. I, I, I've been out of the dating scene for so long. My wife and I, we've been together for what, 17 years at this point. I got no game. I can't, you know, it, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think I'd be suing anybody anyway. But yeah, that's a that's a good it's a good case. Thank good you. job, man. Well done. Yeah, I like, I like that one. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll do my first one. So, let me start off with a question. We are all homeowners, correct? Right? We all own our own homes. Correct. Right? Yes. Technically, yeah. I mean, we, we well, pay mortgages. Yeah, the so bank we, does. We own the home, okay. regardless. But anyways, yeah, yes, the, the bank. bank. <laughs> yes, we're we're quote unquote you know air quote homeowners. <laughs> so my question to you is, uh, where does your property end? Think about your houses. Where where does your property <laughs> end? I know exactly where it ends. Unfortunately, because <laughs> the fence, I guess, or around there, yeah. the fence line. My neighbor, my neighbor came out and told me one time. <laughs> <laughs> your fence post, right? You got to like a little post, right? Okay, but now what about what about up? Where does your property extend up? Do you know? I do not know. Mm. All the way. Uh, Does it? Spaced. (laughs) Well, welcome to United States versus Cosby, uh, 1946. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This case. So the question is, right, who owns the air above your house? So common law states, and common law is a body of unwritten laws based on legal precedents established by courts long ago. Common law long held that property ownership extends, as Mr. Beat said, to the space above and the below ground, right? And this would this kind of makes sense in a in, in a in a you know in a sense that um, it's going to grant uh, landowners uh, you know mining rights over their land, right? So they are are you know they are owner sole owner of what is below the ground. Um, mm-hmm. And this particular common law goes back to the 13th century. Now, bear with me. Um, it is referred to by the Latin phrase. I, I have never taken Latin, so I'm just I'm winging it, man. Cujos est solum adjus est usca ad colum et ad feros. Whoever owns the soil, it's theirs all the way to heaven and hell. Apparently, that's what it means. So, uh, up until this particular case, that was the common law recognition of you own, you know, all all the space up to, you know, the air up to space. Well, this is going to change in 1946. Why, you ask? I'm glad you asked chickens oh uh and more specifically dead chickens so thomas lee cosby he owns a chicken farm uh in greensboro north carolina which is actually not that far from my house i've been there uh many many times and his farm is near a a military airstrip and the sound of the low flying planes starts to really scare these chickens and um they're running like into the sides of the coops like hitting the sides of the coops a lot and they're dying and 150 dead chickens later, Cosby, he has to give up his farm, right? He, sues, he, he, he loses the farm. So he sues the government for compensation under the Fifth Amendment's takings clause, right? Eminent domain. And uh, the courts ruled that the landowners do own the land or the air immediately above the property. However, they don't own the air infinitely upward as Ad Colum had suggested. And Justice William O. Douglas, uh, he, he's going to note that um, 
were the court to accept the doctrine as valid, uh, quote, every transcontinental flight would be subject to the opera, uh, would subject the operator to countless trespass suits. Common sense revolts mm -hmm. the idea, which makes perfect sense, right? Now, when the, yeah. you know, and that, and it also makes sense, though, that it would be common law up until this point, right? Uh, it's common law up until you have planes, right? Because now you add planes into the mix and that changes, uh, changes the story. And so, however, though, uh, while the court did reject the unlimited reach above uh, and below the earth described in the common law doctrine, it also ruled that, quote, if the landowner is to have full enjoyment of the land, he must have exclusive control of the immediate reaches of the enveloping uh, or the enveloping atmosphere. And so this is going to change the amount of space that a landowner owns above his or her property from the, quote, infinite to the, quote, safe distance as to which various airplanes could take off and land nearby the property. Does anybody know um, the uh, the amount or that well, what that distance is that we actually own above our house? Anybody have a number? How many feet into the air do you own the air above your house? A hundred feet. Ten thousand. I was going to say a thousand. I got a thousand. I got two thousands, right? Okay, Joe, what'd you say? A hundred. Just a hundred. It's 100. actually, it's between 300 and a thousand feet. Ooh. So yes, ah. between 300 and a thousand feet, depending <laughs> on the type of aircraft and also depending on whether it is day or night. I didn't, uh, I didn't get really into what changes between day or night. Um, I would believe it's probably, they would prefer you fly a little bit higher during the day, right? So you're not uh, distracting lots and lots of people. Um, the planes over Cosby's uh, farm. Uh, flew below that mark, so Cosby received compensation from the government, and he won his case. However, the government did receive a win in return, um, one that had little basis in the existing letter of law, but it enabled air travel as we know it. Uh, so without this ruling, airlines would have had to apply for tens of thousands of permits for any long-distance flight. So this court case, again... As I tell my students all the time, it's not necessarily about the specific ruling itself. It is about the precedent that it will set and the doors that it will open. And this is the case that allows us to actually have air travel. And there it is. That's really good. Uh, the United States versus Cosby. Probably. So I thought that was an interesting one. That was good. That yeah, was good. I heard of that case. Actually, I had a lot of viewers that want me to make a video at Supreme Court briefs about that case, actually. There you go. <clears throat> now that I hear, I actually only Googled it once. And so I knew a brief overview i didn't know all those details you just mentioned and now mm. that you say that i was like man i should have included included that as one of my hundred cases in my book <laughs> that's, a, that's a big deal volume two we do the follow-up i mean for reclo like you know go. it's 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 a weird case but you know it, it really had a a very you know uh lasting and a, a really deep impact on on right our, our, all of our lives today we just uh i just i mean even with uh Drone drones like my wife mm. is a drone pilot and she there's so many codes so many yeah. uh yeah like you're you're not supposed to fly over people for example uh -huh. um mm. so that mm -hmm. really limits where you can fly a lot of people don't realize there are so many restrictions f flying yeah. those things and i wonder if that's because of that precedent too also yeah there you go my, my brother-in-law is, is a drone pilot as well so yeah there's quite a bit he, he's read up nice. quite has a lot of FA, faa regulations on on um, size, weight, yeah, um, height, and where where you can go, what you can go under, um, you know, ounces uh, per per drone, whatnot. Um, I think the one that he bought 
is like two ounces underneath like the maximum so he doesn't have to apply for a certain permit because it's just below it with the battery on there so yeah it's a lot of a lot of stuff with drones <laughs> two ounces so. that's it <laughs> wow impressive so yeah it's not bad not bad all right that's my first one so uh we'll wrap around and we'll head over back to mr beat mr beat you got number two yeah so right. well i guess we'll just keep it going with the supreme court cases uh sure let's do it so again this is a case that i have yet to make a video about and so uh I have a cursory knowledge of it, but it's fascinating. It's about Coca-Cola. Uh, you, uh, any of you drink Coca-Cola? You've heard of it, I'm I know. A, I'm, a, I'm a Pepsi okay. guy, not going to lie. You're I'll off. Take Coke. Okay. You're off. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't I do drink live much in the Carolinas. soda, but... Yeah, I got to yeah. give it up. Oh, that's right. You're closer to... Well, yeah, so uh, Coca-Cola, as you probably already know, uh, originally uh, the recipe included... Uh, cocaine, yep. or really, it's not cocaine. It was like the same plant that cocaine comes yeah, from, the uh, coca plant. Co yeah, right, right. Uh, but really, the a lot of people don't realize the uh, more crazy part of the original formula of Coca Cola was how much caffeine was in it, because it was way more caffeine than uh, than what's in a twelve ounce can today. Uh, and so, and and actually, I try to find out the exact amount. Uh, I couldn't find it, but my estimation was it was basically more than a cup of coffee. Because today, a cup of coffee is actually quite a bit of caffeine. But it sure. was, yeah. Uh, so people were just drinking Coca Cola all day and just like buzzing. You know, they were just hopping. <laughs> just, they uh, just rolling. Nothing bro. like today. And this got this got the government's attention. You know, they uh, they passed the Pure Food and Drug Act. The federal government did uh, in 1906, um, and this was after the. This is the during the progressive era, so this is the mm. first time they passed laws uh, for for consumer protection, because yeah. before this era you didn't have regulation of uh, consumer products that that much. You just you know who kn who knows what you're giving your kids uh, to help them sleep at night. You might be giving them heroin. I don't know. Um, and so they the, the the federal government really started to um, get stricter here, and so. So by 1903, uh, Coca-Cola only had caffeine, not the uh, the coca part. Um, but still, yeah, it was too much caffeine, according to the federal government. So um, they said, no, you, you have to limit how much uh, caffeine you put in here. Uh, and Coca-Cola didn't like that so much because that was a big reason why everybody loved the drink is like they were they got it for the caffeine, not for the, the taste just uh, purely. And so the case is called United States versus 40 barrels and 20 kegs of Coca-Cola. And that's why I brought this up mainly is because it's a ridiculously named case, but that this is one of the few instances where you have a lawsuit between a government and a thing. <laughs> because <laughs> literal specifically, thing. Yeah, like and it's specifically 40 barrels and 20 kegs of Coca-Cola. Um, and so the... Uh, that's just how it kind of worked out with the paperwork, basically, because this is what this is what specifically was targeted by the federal government. Um, but they Coca-Cola ended up winning the case. Um, but they used all these terms. To, again, it was all these weird terms like the term adulterated, um, mm. which have you heard that term before? Adulterated. Yeah. Do you know, yeah, even know I've what, heard yes. what do you I don't think? know what it means, but I've heard it quite a bit. It means something that's been tampered with. Yeah, like you're adding something to it 
for the, that's not in its natural state. And when you think about that, like that's most, I mean, like think about all the processed foods today that we consume. Yeah. Like that's yeah. most of what we eat and drink these yeah. days. Yeah, uh, but much. yeah, like that. So that was the, and then, um, so they were saying, well, this could be, this is the harmful part because this is what, uh, can be poisonous or whatever. And, uh, now what, what, what does poisonous really mean too? It's like, well, that just means it can cause you to die. But technically, technically, if you have too much of anything, it can cause you to die. And sure. so you have these debates like, okay, sure. cause you know, you drink too much water. There's people that drink yeah, too much that, water that was for the... a radio contest usually. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. You could drown. <laughs> you drink too much water. You can drown. Like that's crazy. And, and then also the other part of the the thing that they de debated um, was what you label like, um, and that's why labels became so important because before this era there were no labels or there were labels. Mm -hmm. They just said whatever the heck they wanted to. They could say, "Oh yeah, this has this." When they could they de could be straight up lying and get away with it. Uh, and so, yeah, they settled a lot of that. The reason why a lot of why like things are labeled a certain way and regulated a certain way today is because of. The outcome of this case so oh. i just like it because of the name though you that's know, a good 40 name. barrels and 20 kegs of coca-cola <laughs> that should be the next name of your uh your, your next album <laughs> your, <Yeah>. electric <laughs> needle room <laughs> that would be that's amazing a great idea. <laughs> i get sued by so, coca-cola <laughs> you know what's actually really interesting the fact that one of the things that's still in the market today that can pretty much have whatever they want on it and there's no regulation over it are vitamins and dietary supplements. Oh, yep. yeah. They are not regulated by the federal government at all. So that's why if you go someplace, they say, oh, it helps with so-and-so. It does. It can never claim to cure or to treat. And that's why there's no regulation over them. You literally can make, like, I don't know, you can make a vitamin C in your bathtub, put it in a bottle and put it and say, yeah, this is all natural. I, I naturally found all this. I purified it and here you go here's vitamin c i don't remember do no they, regulation do they have to put uh this has not been approved by the fda is that is that like yes. a legal thing okay yeah on a dietary supplement yeah okay which is yeah that's their escape i was actually listening to uh, an ad this morning yep. on the way into that's work to get out of doing and hard. it was this whole um yeah there was this whole commercial about um this i don't i don't remember the name of it but it was it was going to basically it'll take away your 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 toe fungus right your yellow toe right yellow toenail fungus and it was like this long commercial and uh, they said the name like 12 times so i should have remembered it but i guess they're, they're not doing their job well um but you know it, it was a, like it was just this like a long commercial and then at the end it was that really quick right it's not been approved by the fda and does not uh, wish to you know and it's not designed or specific yeah. you know to to cure da da da, da or do anything with yeah. a disease. And I was like, but you just told me for two <laughs> minutes that you were going to cure my foot toe fungus. <laughs> what happened, man? <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Absolutely, that's nuts. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, there. see, Mike, this is why we needed you with the moral support tonight with, you know, with the doctor and the and pharmacology. Yes. But, Good job, Mike. Well done, sir. Well done. Yeah, nice work. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. B. Good job, man. That's a good okay, one. No, I like that one. Yeah, and a great name for that case. Absolutely. Like that is probably top three <laughs> name for a case for the Supreme Court, man. Well, well done, man. All right, Joey Camp, you got the next one. I got another one for you. Yeah, uh, this one takes place in the right. Netherlands in 2018. Ooh, okay. So going international. I got an international <laughs> one too. That's one of my honorable mentions. So it's good. All right, we'll hit the whole world. Go. Let me introduce you to. Emily Rattlebond. 
He is a 69-year-old male. <clears throat> He's a 69-year-old male uh, television personality in the Netherlands. Um, looking at a picture of him, he's a he's a handsome man. He's salt and pepper hair, fit, tan. You know, he looks good for his 69-year-old age. But when he goes to the doctor, the doctor's like, wow, you know what? You're doing really well. You have a biological age of about 40, 42. You don't, your body is not aging um, to, to, you know, normal 69-year-old standards. So you're doing very well. Like, keep it up. Keep taking your vitamins, right? Stuff like that. <laughs> so he says, oh, well, then you know what? I think I want to change my age legally to 49 instead of 69 he wants to change the date of his birth legally okay interesting wow. interesting idea so he brings it to court it's a concept it's a concept and his argument is and this might be a little controversial but this is his argument his argument is this is in 2018 by the way he said people can go to court to change their names people can go to court to change their gender why should I not be allowed to change my age? I don't identify as a 69-year-old male. I identify as a 49-year-old male. I feel 49. My doctors are telling me my biological age is 49. Why should I not be allowed to change my age? He goes on TV shows. He's trying to sell his case to the public. What do you guys think? It's a it's an argument, right? What do you guys think about it? It's an interesting argument. It is. I I'll tell you the result, but let me hear what you say first. <laughs> okay. I got I got it. Now, here, here's my issue with it. So him being 69, I mean, obviously there's different laws in the way things work. Being in America, over the age of 65, you can technically start to collect Social okay. Security. So if he's possibly eligible to collect Social Security... And, but he identifies now as a 49-year-old man. Technically, mm. he would have to repay that money you back. You have a very good point, Mike, yes. And I think, yeah, I think really the courts point, yeah. would said something about that, yes. Wow. <laughs> That's, That's the point. first thing that came to mind. So legally speaking, yeah, there's definitely going to be some hurdles. Me personally, I don't really care how old he is. Like, do it. Yeah, That's what makes you happy, sir. Like, go ahead. Be, be 49. I don't care. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. I, you know what I mean? I'm sure. But, Mike, you bring up a really good point. There is definitely some logistics, right, that need to be ironed out, uh, legal logistics for sure. Uh, but, I mean, look, I, I don't care if anybody who identifies as anything. You, you mm -hmm. identify as whatever you want, man. Have, have at it. Go. If it makes you happy and makes you smile, go for it. It's all yours. I'm not Okay, well, then I'm man. sixty. I'm 66 years old, then I want to start collecting my Social Security. <laughs> right, right now. <laughs> if the government is going to say cool with that... Matt, go for it. <laughs> I hope it. I hope it helps you. I don't know if that's fair for every. I don't know. That's a that's a public. Well, so you guys are bringing up fun. very good points in, in America. That is a good point as well. Yeah. You're right. Can you? That's like all right. Yeah. So let's talk about the other side. That would be like skipping the line, right? Yeah, you're right. Can you skip the line? So can you identify as age up, or can you only identify as age down? The courts right? brought I mean, that up that... as well. Very good, boys. Very good. Yes. Yeah. So. Speaking of the front of the line, what if I identified as the first person in line everywhere I go? Technically, I could cut to the front of the line then for everything. I identify as number one. Right. That's... I'm number one. You're all number two. Well, and then you were bringing up uh, 
the uh, the gender and what mm-hmm. was the other um, characteristic? Your name. Oh, name change. You can change your name legally. Yeah. yeah. So I think that um, it's weird because we kind of, as far as like characteristics of people, it's not like we have equal rights for everyone on every sure. characteristic because you know like uh there are people with disabilities that mm-hmm. uh need special accommodations and so like yeah it just seems like it'd be like a, you're opening up a can of worms that you don't like it's a dangerous precedent to me yes. i don't know it just doesn't feel I right agree. and this is basically mm-hmm. what the dutch courts said they said you know you, we yeah. understand your argument sir and uh, by the way one of the best <laughs> parts one of the best parts about his argument was um quote when i'm 69 i'm limited if i'm 49 i can buy a new house i can drive a different car i can take up more work but when i'm on tinder and it says i'm 69 i don't get any answers when i'm when i'm 49 with the face i have i'll be a lux i'll be in a luxurious position so he's claiming so so this is ageism right that's what he's essentially claiming ageism yep wow so the courts, wow. the courts blew him off, and they're like, it's it would I'm open sure, up yeah. way too many cans of worms, aging up or aging down. Because like you guys said, what if you have, you know, there are certain things tied to age, like a driver's license or the sure. ability yeah. to yeah. to smoke or buy a gun or something like that. You can't sure. age up then because you feel like you're marriage, right? Marriage, that makes marriage yep, pretty... things like that. Yeah, that's that's. And what yeah. if he and Mike brought up social security, but the courts said. What if, you know, something happened within this last 20 years that you want to revert over? You know, mm. what happens to that event, the, that marriage or that contract you signed or whatever else? Sure. Like, does that just get wiped away? So they said this is this is going to open up way too many problems. So they dismissed it. But it, I think it's a very interesting idea. It is. And good for him for pursuing it. Yeah. <laughs> Hum- humans are weird. We're we're weird creatures, right? <laughs> but we're we're interesting creatures. We'll we'll put it that way. Um, yeah, man. Like I don't like unless some wow. dude in the Netherlands wants to identify as as far, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. But logistically speaking, and looking at yes, the legal aspect of it, it is a ton of questions. Yeah, that's a lot yeah. to have to figure out. Sort Could out, you imagine? And have to keep going back to. And now that that becomes legal precedent, like the the amount of. Cases that could now call back onto that legal precedent would be just mind blowing, yeah. right? That would just, yeah, that would send the world. So you're you're hurting cancer. others. Like when you change your gender, it's uh you're not hurting anyone. It's not like yeah. Whereas exactly. if you change your age, exactly. I feel like that could unintentionally hurt people. Uh, sure. Maybe that's how the judges looked at it. I, that's how I would look I at it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Is there? What's crazy? If you think about it, like if you like. We all know, and I'm sure we all remember times when we were younger, or if you have kids that are young, and you said, oh, you know, they're 10 going on 27. They can't identify as a 27-year-old and start driving yeah. and drinking and smoking. Like, where, what kind of society would we have? Anarchy. It would be total anarchy. It would just be crazy. It would be chaos. Yeah. So yeah. I applaud them for yes. their decision. Yeah. Because t- I mean, time, we, we invented how we measure time, but sure. time is sure. there whether whether we like, time is not made up yes. by us. It's just there. how we measure it is. It's a know. thing. Yes. 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 You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. How we... Our our <laughs> basis of measurement is is created uh, by us. But you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And there's a lot that comes along, you know, with it too. Like you said, there are 
societal perks, right, that come along with age, and you hit certain levels of age, and you, you get to gain or to take part of certain societal perks that go along with it, right? I was just thinking this also, technically, if you're able to change your age, aren't you technically like a time traveler? Here we go again. <laughs> back to time traveling. Time travel's real. Bring up the aliens, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Just got to figure out how to do it. Yeah, I wasn't going to the aliens. <laughs> but time travel, yeah, you could be a time traveler. Yes, absolutely. Te- technically, it'd be like the most boring way uh, to time travel. Yeah. That I'll give you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. So we'll, we'll head on to my next one. Um, I did go back to the Supreme Court. But again, I do have a few honorable mentions that are smaller cases. Um, Mr. Beat, I, I'm sure you probably have heard of this one, too. All right. So real quick. Think of something. I'll give you a couple seconds to think. I want you to think of something that just absolutely annoys you. Just, oh, it 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 grinds <laughs> your gears. Just give mm. give me something that annoys you. Just take a couple seconds, think about it, and then what you got, blurt it out. What do you got? What, what, what's something that annoys you? Just one. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go one. Yes, we will. Yeah, for for the sake of time. Yeah, really. Sake of time. Oh, I, I got a good one. What do you got, Mike? People that cough and sneeze and don't cover their mouths. <laughs> Fair enough. You work in a pharmacy. Well, I'm a medical yeah. professional, of course. Yes, 100%. I'll give you that. Great. Okay, good. Joey Camp, you got one? Can I just say people? I thought Mike was going to stop there. It's just, <laughs> just <do that. laughs> Dang, people. Dang, you stole my answer. Um, Thomas Hobbes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> good historical <laughs> reference. I like that. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say cell phones, just generally cell phones, people sure. on their cell phones, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <clears throat> okay. Mr. Beat, you got anything that annoys you? Um, yeah, but I guess I'll do more broader, like just people that are resistant to change, like they sure. refuse to change mm-hmm. no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Again. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, my biggest annoyance. I, I can't... Oh, I know it. I know it. It's the, we talked about it just the other day. It's the word. It's the word delicious. No, I hate it. What? I hate that word. I hate that word. I hate Not it. I can't even delicious. Say, oh, Del- stop saying why? it. I, just, I hate saying it. I can't stand it. It's so horrible. It just annoys me. So it's not bad. as bad as moist. My favorite. <laughs> I was now, just gonna say, yeah. moist doesn't bother me. Moist. No problem. I've got no issue with uh, with moist. I hate that. The D word. Delicious. No good. Oh, I can't stand it. It just it's like it's like nails <laughs> on the chalkboard of my soul. Um, delicious is one. I can't. Um, you have some trauma we need to get into, man. I need to. Yeah, let's explore this. (laughs) Crescendo. I hate crescendo. Crescendo makes me so angry as well. Uh, that is another one. Um, I think words that, yeah, well, words that describe like, like when someone says, oh, that that food is delectable. I hate that. I hate that. It just makes me so angry. Like, I I just, yeah. But anyways, it annoys me. So, but, and I think, I I think. I really thought. What are you going to say? I really thought your answer was going to be during COVID, people going down the, the, the one-way aisle at the supermarket the wrong way. That drove me nuts, too. That, I really yes. thought that was going to be I, I, was, I, was a, I was an aisle Nazi during during COVID. Now, again, my wife was pregnant, so <laughs> I was trying to be the protective husband. Um, however, but, well, all right, so, but I think, like, moist is, 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 like, the great example of this, right? Because that word can really anger some people. It gets under some people's skin. But for, like, for me doesn't bother me right i i don't really have an issue with that word and i think it goes to the subject uh, the subjective nature 
to what is annoying. And that brings me to Coates v. Cincinnati, 1971. So cases that normally uh, make it to the Supreme Court usually involve, you know, the clearing up of the de- you know, definition of law. Right. I mean, that's what the judicial branch does. It is the it interprets uh, the constitutionality of a law. It's, it's what it does. Uh, however, in this particular case, the court was asked to define a single word. And that word is annoying. 1956, the city of Cincinnati, it passed an ordinance making it illegal for a group of three or more people to gather on a sidewalk for the purpose of, quote, annoying others. Local police. Yep, they're going to use this ordinance to shut down protests going through the 1960s, right? And a group of uh, students, they're going to challenge the law and it's going to go all the way up to the Supreme Court, specifically a student that is named only in the case as Coates. That's it. I don't know first name, couldn't find it, but it's Coates. They were arrested, and they were charged with this ordinance. And again, the ordinance was making it a crime for three or more persons to gather on a public street and engage in what is known as annoying conduct. So the students argued that it's impossible to clearly define what one person might find annoying and what another person might not find annoying. So the state court, because obviously, you know, it's going to go, this is not a, a necessarily, this is not an original jurisdiction case. It's going to go up to the Supreme Court. So the state courts, they convicted the individuals and the, uh, the state Supreme Court confirmed it. They, they affirmed it, noting that the word annoying was widely used and understood by all. <laughs> like, like, let's all be adults. We all know what annoying is, right? And the kids are like, yeah, but how do you define that, right? So mm. Coates is going to argue that the law violates due process and the First Amendment because it was too vague and it infringed upon the freedoms of assembly and association. Uh, Justice Potter Stewart, he's going to author the majority opinion, and they agreed, yes, that the law violated due process, noting that the ordinance, quote, the ordinance is unconstitutionally vague because it subjects the exercise of right of assembly to an unascertainable standard and is unconstitutionally broad because it authorizes the punishment of constitutionally protected conduct, end quote. According to Stewart, quote, conduct that annoys some people does not annoy others. Thus, the ordinance is vague not in the sense that it requires a person to conform his conduct to an imprecise but a comprehensible normative standard, but rather in the sense that no standard of conduct is specified at all. So you could not say somebody was violating a law if you really can't even give a standard to the conduct of which is being called annoying, right? If you can't prove what that even means. Uh, He also reasoned um, that the ordinance obviously is going to violate the First Amendment rights to freedom of assembly and association. Uh, And he was warning the city officials that, uh, you know, you, you know, city officials could not silence the First Amendment, uh, Amendment expressive activities, right, by just classifying them as annoying. Yes. Uh, yes, if, if people are protesting, look, I'm all about protesting, protesting, but if you are trying to get to work and you're trying to get through a group of people, could that be annoying? Sure. Absolutely. Right. Uh, but is it their first amendment right to protest? hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, now since, uh, yeah, since Cincinnati, uh, lost the power to shut down their peaceful protests in the city, uh, due to the individual complaints, no other city after that could, uh, bring forth a similar vague ordinance. Uh, and that really kept the um, the American political landscape uh, very active 
you know, from 1965 and on. It really became, you know, it kind of, again, the precedent that it set was you cannot arrest people because you think they're annoying in their conduct. Um, but I would like to go to Justice Hugo Black for a second. <laughs> he did file a separate opinion. And he argued that the court should vacate the convictions, but it should send the case back down to the state court to supplement the record to establish what type of conduct was allegedly annoying. So Hugo Black is like, yeah, yeah, but I really want to know what annoying is. Like, what is it? Like, can we can we define it? So they, it didn't happen. But, you know, he was like he was into it. He was like, all right, but but can we like put some things in there? Can, can we can we bullet point annoying things? And, and can we put that on there? And, Obviously, it did not happen, uh, but I thought that was that was a very interesting and weird story. And uh, and thank right. Thank God for Coates. Right. To to fight that all the way up, you know, and 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 to you know, that's that's incredibly, you know, when a law is so broadly vague like that, it's dangerous. It's dangerous to people's rights for sure. Right. I mean, that's that's, you know, that's the whole point of specifically the, the you know, the bill, the bill of rights is not only what tells us what we can do, but tells us what, you know, tells the government what they can't do to us, right? And that is, if something is so broadly vague, um, that's, you know, potentially dangerous. But I thought that was a good case. I thought that was interesting. Uh, and, and some annoying kids, uh, they won in the Supreme Court. Those annoying kids. Good job, annoying kids. You know what that reminds me of, though? That, that case reminds me of another case that happened... Uh... It was uh, 1964. I just Googled it. It was uh, Jacob Bellis v. Ohio. That was the case in which uh, Justice Potter Stewart was like, uh, well, we don't really, we all think obscenity or what, something that is obscene is different. Like everybody is offended by different things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, you know, obscenity for, you know, for legal purposes, Obscenity is something that we just know it when we see it. We just know it when we see it, right? And so he got made fun of for years afterward. Like, students in law schools, they joke around to this day. Like, is this kind of a, an absurd thing to say? Because it's kind of the opposite of what we're trying to do with law. You're trying to, like, be concrete. Yeah, really, really define and, it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh -huh. Yeah, and, he's, and he said that in his part of his opinion. And there were actually other obscene obscenity cases after that many actually sure. yeah. uh, there was a george carlin one that was famous mm -hmm. in the 70s where his his uh seven, dirty words the, got played on the radio yep the seven uh, words you can't say miller v yep. california mm -hmm. all kind yeah like so that that's always a topic that fascinates me because yeah it's like me i don't get offended easily but i have friends and family that sure do and sure. uh you know where is that line between mm -hmm. what's uh because it's, it's really hard to find there was a similar case in the 90s. I, I don't, it didn't go to the Supreme Court, but it reminded me also where they were trying to define pornography. And I think it was like sure. a senator or yeah. somebody. And he's like, I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. And that was it. And it's like, really? What's the answer? Like, what does that mean? And how how often is that, sir? Yeah. <laughs> Are you the expert? <laughs> You the expert? Yeah, I was. Um, it's like Marjorie Taylor Greene last week. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> she was uh, uh, had naked pictures of Hunter Biden there at a, for in, for the second time the for the second time. Yeah, that was that was twice. She seems to that seems to be her thing. I was talking to my class about that the other day. I was like, you know, you, you go to the you know you go to Congress and you expect debate and conversations. You don't expect you know those type of pics, right? Naked pictures. <laughs> that's, that, yeah. Yes, that's <laughs> that's not what you expect to see on. 
on the house floor. You know, I was a um back back in what 2013 or so, I was a canvasser for Greenpeace uh, in New York City, and um and I absolutely uh, could have been arrested for being annoying. Like that that was kind of my job, right? That was <laughs> what I did, right? You know, and you know you you're you're literally you're on the streets of of Manhattan, and your job is to stop people from going from point A to point B to get them to help you save Sumatran tigers. And, um, you know, it didn't happen quite, quite a lot. It was a hard, hard job to have, but yeah, I can definitely see like what, what you, what you consider to be annoying or not, right. Is incredibly subjective. So yeah, that's, um, that was my second one. Um, does anybody have any, uh, 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 honorable mentions? Joe, you got one, go for it. All right, so to uh, rip off Jerry Seinfeld, have you ever been drinking a drink and you watch a commercial on TV and they're, the commercial is for that drink and they're on jet skis and at parties and you're holding the drink and you're like, nah, I don't, I'm it's not, not there. It's not my life. Yeah. It's not my life. It's well, not working. <laughs> in 1991, a man named Richard Overton sued Anheuser-Busch because of claims that the beer he was drinking would bring about beautiful women and beach parties. Yeah, I read about this case, yes. A great lifestyle, and he said, I'm drinking this beer, and none of that's happening to me. I am not living my best life. I'm not living that life. So he sued Anheuser-Busch for $10,000, which seems kind of random. I don't know where 10000 came from, but yeah. Um, the case was dismissed. Did he win? No, he did not win. Oh, man. He tried. I, I mean, Anheuser <laughs> Bush, man, you could have thrown the guy a bone. You know, yeah, like, ten thousand dollars is probably like nothing. Like, you know? hey, <laughs> yeah, right. For real, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I got an honorable mention. And I thought, uh, since uh, you know, we we have a bunch of teachers on here today. This one's from uh, Danbury, Connecticut. It uh, was posted March thirteenth, two thousand eight. Um, oh, young man. Vinicius Robichar or Ro- Robacher, Joe. Uh, Joe, you know this one. I think I know this one. Yes. So Vinicius Robacher, Ro- Robacher, uh, is asleep in class, and his head is down on the desk, and he's in math, and uh, the math teacher goes over and smashes her hand on the desk, and apparently the force of uh, the hand hitting on the desk burst his eardrum. And, um, yeah. And so he ended up experiencing almost complete loss of hearing in his ear. Um, now since then he, he did get some of his hearing restored. Uh, he's had some extensive medical treatments, uh, with the ear, uh, nose and throat specialists. I mean, legit, like had to have surgery. Like this was like a big thing. And, um, so they filed lawsuits. Obviously they filed suit. Uh, the, the, what was it? His lawyer said, um, many of us, and I quote, many of us have fallen asleep in class and had the teacher wake us up. But what happened here was more in the nature of an assault and battery. He said, quote, my client is an extraordinarily bright young man. He's a computer wizard who works late into the night. And that's probably why he fell asleep, end quote. Uh, and um, so they, yeah, they sued for filed and damages. Um, and apparently... I was only able to find the outcome uh, in one place, and the outcome that I found was that the case was thrown out, and mm. the the student did not win. 
uh, and I didn't find any reasoning behind it. But a couple of teachers here, what do you guys think? Like, what I was going to do this case. Should actually. the kid I have thought got... about this a lot? <laughs> should the kids got? I think I feel like the kids should have gotten damaged. I don't know. I can't. It's hard for me to. I don't know. As a teacher, I I don't know. You yeah. I get. I get the slap in the hand, but you, I mean, you had to hit that desk hard. That's like, what that I'm thinking. To, that, yeah. yeah. Really hard. Something right? else is going I mean, on there. <clears throat> like, to burst someone's eardrum, it takes a quite Like, Joe, I mean, Mike, you're a doctor, right? Like, it's a, quite a bit of trauma and force that has to go into the ear, right? And suction against the ear canal. down on a desk or a hand, it, it, it shouldn't be that much of a a force to really be able to cause that to happen. It's got to be, I mean, obviously I, I don't know. I'm not an ENT, but I'm sure if we had one, they would probably agree. Like that's pretty difficult to I do. Think. I mean, this te- was this teacher like had like Schwarzenegger arms. Like, what and it's not like she like hit that? him. She hit the desk and the desk reverberated into his ear and burst his eardrum. Like that's, uh, that's very yeah, kind of a so freak she, of nature. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, a one in a thousand shot. I mean, I guess, his ear had to have been, like, I guess, right, flushed yeah. up against the, the, I would imagine, creating some sort of suction. Just, which... Yeah, just the right angle. Yeah, and then yeah. a lot of I... variables here. Yeah. That, I'm that sure the teacher to... felt bad. I'm sure they were like, oh, wow. Oh, sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's also remember, too, this is Danbury, Connecticut. So unlike down here in North Carolina, they have a union. Uh, so that uh, that teacher obviously oh, had some protection geez. there. <laughs> you know, we, we don't have unions here, so... You know, it's uh, it's written into our state constitution that we're not allowed to have them. Oh, you know, yeah, which I think is kind Whoa. of illegal. Be sure that's like not legal. Um, Take but, it to the Supreme yeah. Court. Well, and you know, and and that's what I uh, my all my students are like, hey, dude, dude, Smith, take it to the Supreme Court. I'm like, yeah, but that would I would have to lose my job first. Like, you know, like I don't want to. I just I like teaching. I don't want to. I don't want to go down that route. It's got to provide, you know. But yeah, I thought that was uh, that was that was a good one. I thought for especially for us teachers. Um. I, uh, does anybody have another one? Because I do have another. I have, I have another. I thought of another one when you guys were Go talking, actually. I can't believe I I used to live in Omaha, Nebraska. And uh, during this time, this is the late aughts, uh, there was this kind of wacky uh, state senator by the name of Ernie Chambers who sued God. <laughs> I'm not even joking. He sued God. And I, I pulled up the quote because I... He sued him for, quote, fearsome floods, egregious earthquakes, horrendous hurricanes, terrifying tornadoes, <laughs> pestilential plagues, ferocious famines. You, you notice the alliteration here. Uh, yes, dev- yes, yes. Devastating droughts, genocidal wars, birth defects, and the like, unquote. Wow. Uh, but yeah, he was, if you Google Ernie Cha- Chambers, he was a fascinating uh, guy. He's, I think he's still alive, but he would uh, always wear... Uh, crazy clothes when he walked into the state uh, state capitol in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, and he just, you know, gave these weird speeches. He actually, as it turns out, was an atheist. He was just trying to, it was mostly a publicity stunt. Yeah, yeah. yeah made headlines it. around the world, but he, it sure. was, he actually filed it and everything. And so that's pretty good. <laughs> performance, yeah, performance art. So to kind of piggyback off of that one, 1971. Gerald Mayo, he was a 22-year-old inmate at Western uh, Western Penitentiary in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He filed a claim before the United States District Court um, in which he alleged that, quote, Satan has on numerous occasions caused the plaintiff misery and unwanted threats against the will of a plaintiff, that Satan has placed deliberate obstacles in his path and has caused the plaintiff's 
uh, the plaintiff's downfall. Uh, and yes, Gerald Mayo, uh, it was Gerald Mayo v. Satan and his staff. Uh, so that was the man that sued Satan. So on the other side of that. Wow. Uh, yep, yep. And, That's a good um, the class action, right there. <laughs> yeah, the class action suit was uh, dismissed on procedural grounds. <laughs> they couldn't uh, quite have somebody uh, that, you, you know. Um, this case uh, is used to teach law students the requirements necessary for the service of process. The textbook Civil Procedure Cases, Materials and Questions, 8th edition by Freer et al. cites in the third chapter stating, quote, when the marshal's office does not serve or does serve process, the plaintiff may be required to instruct the marshal on how to do so. In Mayo v. Satan and his staff, the court dismissed the case because the plaintiff failed to render such aid when asking the marshal to serve the devil himself. So, I guess Couldn't the serve the devil. can't be served. Can't do it. Can't serve the devil. <laughs> so, there you go. All That's right, one it. more against, uh, against big tech here. This is a good one. Sure. Uh, France... Um, what's the year on this? 2017. A man wants to call an Uber and he doesn't have his phone. So he uses his wife's phone and he logs into his account on his wife's phone and he rents an Uber. No problem. But he signs and then he signs out and he goes on his way. There was a glitch in the system though. So whenever he would use his Uber account, his wife's phone would get notifications. So his wife starts noticing that he's taking some random trips at night, weird hours, <laughs> and it's all going to her phone. She sees all the trips he's taking and she accuses him of infidelity. He denies it, but she, she files for divorce. So he sues Uber for $45 million. They says Uber caused my divorce. Wow. And I think it's still not settled. I think it's uh it's still pending. Maybe Whoa. still pending. It doesn't wow, look good. Wow, that's But it's an interesting yeah, idea. Yeah, that's too. pretty crazy. <laughs> wow. All right. Not bad. Um do you guys mind I got one more. It's super quick. Do you guys mind if I just I'll, I'll take Make it a out funny with this one. one? Yeah. All right. It's it's okay. So a man from northern China divorced and sued his wife earlier this year for being ugly. Um that's not a joke. Oh gosh. Neither is this though. <laughs> that man, he won the lawsuit. So, um John what? Fong Jian Jian Fong uh said that he uh he he said his issues with his wife's looks only began after his his daughter was born. He was appalled by the child's appearance, uh calling her quote incredibly ugly and saying that she resembled neither of her parents. So with that being the case, he initially accused his wife of cheating. And it was at this point that his wife, uh, who has not been named, she came forward and she confessed to him that prior to her meeting him, she had spent $100,000 on intense plastic surgeries. Uh, and Whoa. the husband did not know. So when he found out about the procedures, he filed a lawsuit uh, under the pretense that uh, the woman convinced him to marry her under false pretenses, and uh, he was awarded one hundred twenty thousand dollars, or one hundred twenty thousand yen. Wow! Uh, for the <laughs> marrying under false pretenses. That's... So I told you, I had one international one as well. That's a good um, one. Yeah, that's lives a... out there. Be on the lookout, hey guy, man. 
I couldn't even imagine. I could never imagine like looking at my daughters and like you're <laughs> ugly. I want to re. It's I your fault. You like what, what, is this guy like you? a sociopath or what? Like yeah, that's that, like that's awful. Like that's, <laughs> we are all fathers. <laughs> We're all fathers, and you know yeah. that when you hold your child in your hand, there is nothing more beautiful than your child. Yeah. That's it. You know, even if everyone uh, else thinks they're ugly, you will always think they're beautiful. Yeah, (laughs) hundred percent. And it's just it's in our DNA. It's like it's part of the job, right? Um, Yeah. But yeah, that dude, he took such offense to the way that his child looked that he sued the mom. Um, That's weird. Insane. (laughs) And he wins. too. And and he wins like and he won. Yeah. Right. The the patriarchal society. Right. There it is right there. You want You want to see like, you know, talk about the, the patriarchal society. There it is. Um, yeah. All right. I, I think we hit this one uh, pretty hard. I think we did a heck of a job on this. I'm this very proud of us. I, like I learned quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of fun on this one. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, everybody out there, um, thank you for joining us. And guys, let's uh, let's all give a big thank you to Mr. Beat for coming back. Mr. Beat, thank, thank you, you, sir. Mr. We Beat. appreciate it, man. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, look, we're we 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 absolutely uh, are honored to have you as a guest and you are welcome back anytime sir so i'll keep you uh up to date and you know we'll uh we'll figure out another episode if you would be humble enough to join us once again that would be amazing um you know one yeah. day one day the goal is to get you heimler and uh and um uh hip hughes all together on the show and we can all oh. share some crazy social studies stories i think that would be amazing um but yes, yeah, so yeah. that would be good. That would be good. So uh, yes, guys, um, everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, if you want to go and and really learn about some amazing history from an amazing history storyteller, please check out Mr. Beat's YouTube channel. Check him out on Twitter. Uh, check out his band, the uh, the Electric Needle Room. Uh, the Beat Goes On is is one of your other Twitter handles as well, is where you give a lot of pop culture, right, uh, and music uh, uh, videos and things of that nature as well. Um, so, you know, Mr. Beat has you covered for really whatever, uh, you were, you were looking for out there. Um, he is a constant in my classroom. Um, his book, uh, please go out and check it out. Um, if, if you're an AP teacher, it's got all of the cases. It's got all the required cases. Do it. It's very oh, good. I didn't say the name of it. I'm really bad. It's called, uh, the power of our Supreme court. Yes. It's available and- at Walmart for some reason. <laughs> I don't even know why yeah look at that man look at that good for you man absolutely and i love the cover the cover it looks like it's got the um oh like redacted that's the redacted. word i was looking for it looks like it yeah. looks redacted looks cool i'll let it oh i see i just looked it up <laughs> i'm gonna buy it yeah it's good yeah it's definitely uh it's worth the buy guys it's a supremely easy read there it is yep it's an incredibly easy read um if you want to learn about the supreme court and you're just too afraid to do it this is the book to read. I promise you, uh, you will not regret it. So, from everybody here at the uh, the story of Mr. Beat, we thank you for coming on. Really, thank you very much, sir. We appreciate you giving us your time, and you're welcome back anytime, buddy. Stay you, stay weird, stay out there. There's more to history than what's in the books. Adios, friends. We love you guys, and make sure you check out unfpod.com, Unfiltered Studios. If you like podcasts, we have one for every taste. Uh, there is at least what 15 podcasts now on there yeah um so go check them out uh we got a lot of podcasts on there um great people and uh go show some love and some support all right guys until next time we'll see you later signing out from the story take care guys
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Story Of. Be sure to follow our social media accounts on Twitter, Instagram, and threads at Podcast Story Of. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a production of Unfiltered Studios. If you would like to know more about joining Unfiltered Studios, please visit our website at unfpod.com for more information.